Welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. I'm your lead investigator on this case, Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Every episode is an investigation where you and I explore true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. We discuss the cases, share information, no chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. Now, grab your crime scene kit, a notebook, and your favorite hat. This is Best True Crime Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Season 2, Episode 24 of Best True Crime. I'm Judith A. Yates, criminologist and author, and this is the case of Diamond Alvarez. Before we begin, I need to include a content warning. This podcast contains graphic descriptions. I also need to remind you, all persons charged are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. You may have heard of the murder of a 16-year-old girl in the Texas city of Houston because of what happened in the courtroom. The story of that girl, Diamond Alvarez, is now making a national news headline. Not the information about Diamond being a teenager and being in an abusive relationship, but about a courtroom disruption. How many times have we watched a crime show, watched a case played out in court, and vowed, if that victim were my loved one, and then expounded on what we would do to the perpetrator. And then we ask ourselves, how can a parent or a family member restrain themselves in court when they're sitting only feet away from that person who admittedly murdered their child? The Diamond Alvarez case is an example of teen domestic violence, victim impact statements, and courtroom protocol. But before we discuss the courtroom scene that took precedence in the news over information on teen dating violence, let's look at the case. The story of Diamond's murder began in January 2022 when Diamond told her family she was going to take the family dog for a walk. She attached a leash to Peanut, the dog, and they left for the park. About 20 minutes later, Peanut returned to the home alone and covered in Diamond's blood. Her mother found her baby lying in a pool of blood in the park. Diamond had taken Peanut for a walk, but it was to meet up with her boyfriend, Frank DeLeon Jr. Diamond met DeLeon at the local park. Whatever conversation they had, DeLeon admitted he had been cheating on Diamond. Whatever else occurred ended with De Leon shooting Diamond in the back nearly two dozen times, which means he had to stand there and reload that gun. She took her last breath lying on the curb in the street. Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg would later tell Houston News Channels, this defendant clearly had to reload it's overkill. D.A. Og reminds us that domestic violence charges are the single most common crime filed in Houston's Harris County with over 15,000 
each year. The victim's family revealed that they recently learned that Diamond Alvarez was getting abused the entire time she was in the relationship, writes Eritrea Ball in an article dated October 18, 2023, for SK Pop. Diamond was a cute girl, the chubbiness of youth still clinging to her face, long curling hair just past her shoulders. Glasses framed a sweet face as she poses for selfies. Photographs show a girl that appears shy, sweet, maybe a bit spunky, trying out adult-like expressions with stylish hair and makeup. Nothing nasty or suggestive, just a kid trying on makeup, false eyelashes, just being a kid. A memorial was placed where Diamond fell and took her last breath. Teddy bears, notes, cards, a lot of flowers. On a side note, a car was photographed driving purposely over Diamond's memorial. It is a blue four-door vehicle with a white stripe running from the driver's side headlight to the driver's side taillight, and the family is still trying to identify who drove over Diamond's memorial on purpose. Back to this case. De Leon was arrested for the murder. He then posted bond and was released pending trial. Now I have to add my personal thoughts here because I am a victim's advocate. De Leon bonded out after the arrest, meaning he was in public for over a year after he emptied two magazines of bullets into a 16-year-old girl's back, a kid who had been abused at De Leon's hand supposed to be her boyfriend. I understand and I do honor innocent until proven guilty. And you know I'm from Texas, not too far from Houston actually. De Leon was wearing an ankle monitor and there is a stringent protocol. But this was a man with a gun shooting a kid in the back in public standing over her and reloading and they let him bail out. And that's my three cents. De Leon's trial was scheduled for October 16, 2023, but he was a no-show. His attorneys told the court that De Leon was in a traffic accident and was in the hospital. The district attorney's investigation confirmed that, yes, De Leon was indeed at the hospital on the 16th. However, court documents reveal the bond was revoked because, quote, Mr. De Leon is not charging his device, the ankle monitor, as instructed, and his GPS device is currently on no GPS, no cell. Due to the device being on no GPS, no cell, the court cannot verify De Leon's location, end quote. An arrest warrant was issued and De Leon was arrested that day and taken to jail. On October 17th, he appeared in court with his arm in a sling. 19-year-old Frank De Leon Jr. pleaded guilty to 16-year-old Diamond Alvarez's murder in a plea bargain deal. He would make a public apology to Diamond's family. In exchange for the plea bargain, he received a sentence of 45 years. He will not be eligible for parole for at least 22 and a half years. 
Diamond's family told the press that they were satisfied with the sentence. We know it's not going to bring Diamond back. There's no such thing as closure when you lose a loved one to murder. But at least this perpetrator, this individual, was off the streets. Houston's ABC 13 reporter Charlie Edsity reports in an article dated October 19, 2023, that the perpetrator's mother explained, quote, her son confessed to the murder because he was tired and wanted to keep his family safe, end quote. Now here's where the breaking news comes in, the news that made the big headlines, not the fact that there was domestic violence involved and ended in a murder. Diamond's mother, Anna Machado, gave a victim's impact statement on the stand, holding back tears and anger. She called both the perpetrator and his family monsters. Then she stood, stepped off the witness stand, and walked toward De Leon where he sat across the room with his attorneys. The bailiff stepped in to hold Anna back. With the bailiff occupied and all eyes on Anna, Diamond's uncle leapt over the bar from the gallery and punched De Leon. De Leon's mother then came out of the gallery and went after Anna to attack her in front of the judge's bench. Everyone was quickly subdued and the judge cleared the courtroom. It all lasted less than a few minutes, but it made national headlines. Later, Ana Machado gave a tearful interview asking the court and the public to forgive her and her family. She explained she had just been overcome by emotion. She explained that that is not a true representation of her family and she was embarrassed she had acted that way in a court of law. Now let's talk about decorum in a court of law, specifically victims' impact statements, because this is where this all began. Victims' impact statements are possibly the most emotional part of the trial. This is where a spokesperson stands before the court and speaks for either the victim or the perpetrator. According to the Office of the Attorney General of Texas, crime victims' rights became a part of Texas law in 1985. Now, not just anyone can make a victim impact statement, and not every crime is allowed a victim's impact statement. It is subject to discovery, so adding personal information such as your address, your phone number, that is not allowed in a victim's impact statement. The person given the statement is not just going up on the stand and reading it for the first time. They must complete a form which must be approved. Next, they must read their statement to the prosecuting attorney, who must approve the statement. Next, the jury clears the court and the person who reads the statement steps up to the witness stand and reads the statement in the courtroom. Both attorneys must agree and the judge must declare what the person can and cannot say. And then finally, they step up to the witness stand and they finally give their statement to the court, which means the jury, the judge, and the attorneys. And that's the statement that we will see publicly. Here's what you cannot say or do when you give your impact statement. You cannot use foul language. You can't show emotion. You cannot blame the victim. You cannot directly express your anger 
toward the court or the offender. You have to be respectful of the court. You must ask permission in advance if a picture or a display is part of your statement. For example, if Diamond's family had wanted to bring up a photo of her or perhaps a collage or maybe even a piece of clothing, they had to have permission to do that prior to taking it to the stand with their impact statement. If you want to talk directly to the offender, you have to ask permission from the judge first. You cannot wish harm to the perpetrator and you have to remain professional. Now let's talk about the domestic violence part because this was a huge part of why this crime occurred. A study called National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey revealed that girls as young as 11 years old are reporting teen dating violence. Only 33% of U.S. teens tell anyone about partner abuse. Think about that. Only 33% of U.S. teens in a violent relationship will tell anybody that they are being abused. For information on this study and how you can help these teens, you can go to the website at the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Safe and Healthy Students. There is a webpage and it's called Teen Dating Violence in the U.S. For more information on victim impact statements, you can go to justice.gov. It will tell you all about statements. It's got information on the victim notification program, crime victims rights, and restitution. If you are interested in supporting the family of Diamond Alvarez as they make their journey and their fight for crime victims, there is a Facebook page called Justice for Diamond Alvarez, and also there is a hashtag Justice for Diamond Alvarez. Folks, we have got to educate our kids on how to treat one another in a dating relationship with respect, and we have to teach them that a relationship is not ownership. Young ladies, young men have got to learn this early. We have to understand our justice system and how we can make changes for the better. I send love and light to Diamond's family and I thank you for your strength to take a negative and turn it into a positive to help make change and hopefully stop the violence before it even begins. I'm Judith A. Yates. Please be safe out there. Thank you for joining me on this investigation, exploring true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. This is Best True Crime Podcast. No chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. I do hope you will subscribe. This podcast runs off donations only. You can drop us a donation, $35 or more, and I'll send you a signed book. Just go to www.besttruecrime.com. My name is Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Thank you for joining me on Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Be safe out there.